0: Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new, lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: Hey everybody, great news. We have a live show. It's at 10 p.m. at the Dynasty Typewriter on April 25th.
0: Yeah, we are going to be talking about Hollywood Forever and Paramount Studios. Heard of it? Double shot. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! So go to DynastyTypewriter.com. You'll find it on there. Mm-hmm. We uh, Rebecca's also has the option. Uh, we're going to do a little ghost tour, a little That's walking right, tour for the
1: VIP. Yeah, attendees. I
0: mean, everyone's a VIP. But if you, wanna if a you VIP, want to
1: be VIP, VIP. All
0: right, we'll see you there. The Black Dahlia's final days. I'm Jason Horton.
1: I'm Rebecca Lieb. and
0: this is Ghost Town.
1: This is a biggie. This is a place that I feel very excited to talk about um, because it has an affiliation with one of my favorite L.A. unsolved murders. So today we're going to talk about the John Soden house, which is the Jaws house, the Franklin house, or perhaps the place that the Black Dahlia lived her final days and died.
0: I feel like the the Black Dahlia is the, I feel like that's like a top, Ten,
1: yeah, quintessential. Not even just L.A. murder, unsolved murder, but like our country, our history. Um, It, I think people are really fascinated about it because it's a very big, like big dreams, you know. Dash, uh, young, beautiful woman's life cut short. Who knows how? Yeah, a
0: very extreme kind of, uh, you know, like you know, getting off the bus, and I I got big Hollywood dreams. Exactly, this is like the biggest cautionary tale I guess of it, all of them cautionary
1: tale is a great way to put it because it is it's like the dark side and also the the way that she was killed which we'll talk about a little bit later too is really brutal so it's not mm. even like she was killed or she went missing it's like no no we're going to take your body parts and chop them up and drain you and leave them naked for all to see in right. the middle of a park spoiler by USC. alert um it <laughs> She's doesn't dead. End, it doesn't it doesn't end well <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does uh, not stay end well. with us because we know you like things that don't end well. Yeah.
0: You know what what uh, what what didn't end but is going well? Uh, we have a brand new $25 patron on our Patreon. <gasps> is that exciting? That's amazing. Yeah. And it's patreon.com slash ghost town pop. You could be
1: one too. You could
0: be one too. But uh, right now, um if you are a Vita a Cereto, you are that you're that
1: you're, you're that a one queen.
0: now i i asked uh i asked evita i was like hey do you have like a, a you know a website or something you mm. want to mention yeah a uh, hint hint this is a very very cost efficient way to promote something yeah pending approval uh but we're pretty chill so when i asked Avita if she had any websites you want to mention or uh-huh. anything uh here is her response hi there i don't have a website But if you can mention in a future episode that I'm in full support of Rebecca speaking like a sailor, (laughs) F-bombs included, I'd appreciate it, love the content, and keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Evita.
1: Oh my god, fuck! Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm crying. Yeah,
0: Vita paid for that. For that, I for, for your fucking
1: yeah. love you. Thank you so much yeah, thank you, for Vita. supporting us. She, that could is, have, she
0: could have mentioned a Charity this is website. That's
1: the best day of my life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> Vita's cool. But if you uh or if you, you know, for at a Patreon, if you uh we get two bonus episodes a month, that's like the two dollar thing. Yeah, that's uh, nothing. And then the $25 one, you get mentioned. On an episode, so for every month that you do that, you'll get mentioned one episode a month. Yeah, that's pretty. Like if you understand like the price points of promotion on a on a podcast. Yeah, Um that is pretty almost free. Um, but really, Absolutely. we don't care because we just you know we need support to keep this running, exactly. and we're happy to you know pending approval. But like we said before, we're pretty chill. Yeah, um, so I mean,
1: Jason puts a lot of work into this podcast. Yeah, I kind of roll out of bed. <laughs> To the mic. Yeah. And swear. Yeah.
0: And then uh, and then I- I'm just left holding the bag.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you get to pick up the pieces. Yes.
0: Which uh, I do not mind doing. Um, also, uh, we have a couple uh, on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been getting uh, a lot of nice messages. Aww. And our Instagram is Ghost town Pod. Uh, I'm gonna, check it I'm gonna, out yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull some up we're gonna see what some people uh, see what some people have to say exactly
1: so if you leave a message who knows you might get famous yeah I don't know <laughs> about
0: that but you'll definitely uh, let's see what we got here well you know, let's start with the we got a tweet first okay, I'm gonna go with okay, the tweet okay. first why not um, and our Twitter is also ghost town pod uh, this is from Mikhail Takash
1: well if it's um, not about my swearing I don't want to hear it
0: Um. well let's see <laughs> Uh, at Ghost Time Pod, forever digging your broadcast with the added bonus of Rebecca's hashtag MKE-isms. Milwaukee-isms. Okay, Yay! Okay.
1: Oh, is it, I, I wonder if he's a fellow Milwaukeean.
0: Okay, so uh, P.S. that pornish action park background music brought back many VHS-flavored <laughs> uh, 80s memories. Hashtag, post, uh, hashtag podcast. Hashtag podcast podcast recommendations so that was rebecca's getting, getting all the
1: love i'm getting some traction yeah, getting me some in pra- action park yeah i am you, action park yeah no you i'm are. not uh, i'm not as dangerous
0: um okay well here's an instagram message from uh Juanma bermudez uh he uh we get into it and he says um uh, uh, love the episode uh, the black metal episode which Hell is the yeah. uh um And then uh, he he says, uh, "I love that you made your episodes longer. Now my ride to school doesn't suck that much. Hey! And the fact that we're talking about (laughs) your your message on Instagram has made the episode longer. longer. You see how we we work
1: for you and
0: you work for us. Yeah. Do you see how that uh, happened?
1: Symbiotic. Yeah. Beautiful relationship. Yeah. And everything's
0: going well with." With you, Rebecca. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I'm working hard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm still going on dates, which is a uh-huh. hellscape. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I I, I work on the show right now called Brain Games, and there'll be more. I can't talk about it too much uh-huh. yet, but it was a show uh, on Nacho and the from 2013 to 2016, um, and we're rebooting it, and it's going to be really fun. I'm working a lot on that. Um, and doing this. These yeah. are my jobs.
0: Yeah, this is, you yeah, know what I mean? You have. You have you have two children. One is uh, freaking gorgeous mm-hmm. and, one is and, <laughs> and one is ghost town podcast. One is ghost town podcast. Yeah, yeah.
1: One of them pays me <laughs> uh, a living wage. Yeah, one the uh other, calls money. Yeah, the other is it's just siphoning is, money. You see it, we are still using a microphone yeah. that sits on five coasters. Yes. So, so again, another reason to help support us. We put a lot of work into this. Don't you want me to quit all my jobs but this? Yeah. I do.
0: Yeah, I do too. Make right? it a lot easier to, to, to Communicate with you. It'd be a lot easier to do this. I literally, I probably just sit with my stuff like outside your door, just in case you have a minute to podcast. Can you spare a second to podcast, Rebecca? Um, but <laughs> well, usually,
1: people also don't realize too that I. So I work freelance um, on TV shows, and it's like a good. It's usually like a three month chunk of time that is insane, and then I'm not. I'm freaking out because I'm not employed. Yeah. So we're in that time where I am employed and freaking out for that reason. And soon that will be not the case. Yeah. So the circle of life.
0: And uh, like we mentioned in the beginning, we have a a live show coming up that we're we're trying to- You do. (laughs) Very excited about our very first live show. Uh, You go to dynastytypewriter.com if you Uh want to check it out. We mentioned in the beginning, we don't have to get too much into that. Yeah,
1: and again, if you want to support us, you already donated to the Patreon, Mm -hmm. you can just buy a ticket.
0: Yeah. Oh, you mean just buy a ticket and not go? as a donation? Yeah. How
1: punk is that? That's crazy. Right? That's like
0: that anti-establishment. I
1: know. It's like, hey, how about this? Yeah. You're never going to see me, but I am here. Yeah. Like an invisible benefactor.
0: It's. I think that's what like 50 Cent did to- <laughs> It uh, was a Jaw rule where he bought out the front rows of his concert.
1: Oh my just god! Just so no for one real? would be there. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't know if that's that, a, a what true a thing.
1: Weird. I hope it's true. Yeah. Um, but what a weird thing to do. Also, it's like when you look when you gaze down upon the front row of your own concert. Yeah. You want to F- see F- nobody. F- yeah.
0: <laughs> Although I run, I just run to the front for Jaw rule.
1: For Jaw rule, yeah. Firefest R- uh, Jaw rule. <laughs> oh, yeah. I call him John Rule. <laughs> what is his name? John Rule. John Rule is <laughs> <laughs> <Rule's like>, my <laughs> tax accountant. Yeah, yeah.
0: No one calls R- <laughs> me John Rule. It's at the IRS.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: but rules are really your last name. He's like, yeah. He's like, wow, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Great. Um, but yeah, we, I loved you in Fire the Firefest <laughs> documentary.
1: Both Firefest documentaries. Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: Um, so that's a little at least a little 50 Centism. That, I try to work in every episode. Inside
1: baseball. <laughs> yeah. 50 Cent lovers only.
0: Um, but I mean, you, so that was, that's that's a Hollywood tale. That's a Hollywood tale. But, Hollywood I, think tale, we but got, I yeah.
1: Let's circle back to the Hollywood tale that I teased in the beginning.
0: I think I believe you did. You do, do on your. Walking tours? Do you do, the Black Dahlia? Do you work that in there? I feel like you mentioned at least uh, mentioned downtown, it yeah. downtown. Yeah, because downtown
1: the Biltmore was the it's a hotel downtown. It's the last place that she was ever seen. And it's really beautiful. Uh, the architecture is incredible. It's it has been kind of the the crown jewel of hotels downtown, um, which was the hub of the finance district and all of the like attorneys. Like it for so long downtown was. Uh, an actual downtown, I guess I could say. So you go into the Biltmore. You can downtown go- was like an
0: uptown. Yeah. Like in a way, if you just like, think of it like that. That's true. It's like it's uptown, baby. Exactly. You know?
1: Just uh, people lived there and worked there. And now that's not untrue, but LA is sprawling, as you all listening probably know. Um, but you can go to the Biltmore. You can get a, a drink called the Black Dahlia, which I've made before, which maybe I'll put the recipe up on our Instagram because it's really boozy and very fun. Uh, but you can walk through the doors where the la- the last place she was ever seen which is pretty eerie yeah. and haunting. Um, but I want to back, get back to the John Soden house because I think this house is also really fascinating in lots of different ways, but also including the Black Dahlia. It's got so much to it, and you're like, okay, how does this exist? It's just chock full of history, baby. So I visited this house, and this is a story in and of itself. I was in one of those underemployed moments slash unemployed, and my friend Jesse Birschbach was like, I am catering an event at the Soden House. And I was like, amazing. That's like, I thought she was just going to talk to me about it. she's like, I want you to help me. And I was like, first of all, I've never worked in the food industry at all. I have no experience with that. I don't know. Sanitation eludes me a lot of the time. So it's not an ideal fit. But she knew that I was... Pretty obsessed with the Black Dahlia, and then I wanted to be there. So I went there, did my first and only catering job. I wore black pants and a white shirt, classic. And I got to experience this amazing home, which we'll put lots of Instagram pictures up because you can't even, it's, it is like nothing you've ever seen. It's structurally very interesting. There's this middle walkway. It's like a fortress from the bottom. It's in Los Feliz too. So it's in in Franklin, up on the hills. There, uh, there are seven bedrooms, four bathrooms. It's 5,600 square feet.
0: You only have six bedrooms, just to let you know that know. how big this is. And no bathrooms.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Four kitchens. <laughs> yeah. So I was confused, to say the least. Um, but you go in there, and you can see the sun setting and rising. And it's called the Jaws House or the Franklin House, because it's on Franklin. But the Jaws House, because it, it's like... Jaws. It looks like the top of a shark's head coming down onto the residence. It's got this really ominous look, and we'll talk a little bit more about the the the, the
0: shark from Jaws didn't live there. No, (laughs)
1: just we're debunking that myth right here. Yeah, he didn't live here. He lived in Wilton. So, like, go elsewhere. Take a turn. Um, So, it was built in 1926 in Los Feliz, California, by Lloyd Wright, son of Frank Lloyd Wright, trying to step out of his father's. Shadow Right. And it's all of these textiled cement blocks everywhere. So it looks very um, like Mayan, like a Mayan temple, like legends of the hidden temple for the younger people listening on the way to school, perhaps. Um, And again, it's got that great white shark opening. It's it doesn't feel like it belongs anywhere architecturally and everywhere. It's really, really cool. Um, it's used in Scorsese's The Aviator. It was on season six of America's Next Top Model. It's in Ghost Hunter. I Am the Night. All that stuff. Mostly because of the Black Dahlia stuff, but also because it's such an iconic piece.
0: Maybe stuff. sometime in the future people would be like, it was on Ghost Town Podcast. Yeah, imagine that. Right, right so after. Soding House.
1: Can you imagine?
0: Right right after America's Top
1: Model. <laughs> <laughs> season six. Season six, yeah. <laughs> Not a great season. Yeah. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Um So the original owner, John Soden, was a painter and photographer who hired his friend, Lloyd Wright, again, son of Frank Lloyd Wright, to build him a home for him and his wife to retire in. The style is similar to houses designed by Frank Lloyd Wright, which is weird because, again, his son was always trying to not be his dad, But it looks a lot like uh, the Ennis house and the Hollyhock house. It's got a Frank Lloyd Wright flair for sure. Like everything, like in a Frank Lloyd Wright house, everything has a place. The furniture is designed with the house in mind. It's like, if humans didn't live there, he'd be okay with it. Because it's supposed to be perfect and pristine and everything in accordance with everything And there's a lot
0: of them in this area. Yes,
1: there's a lot of them here uh, in the Midwest where he worked for a long time. Not so many on the East Coast. But yeah, here here you can see them, you can tour them. Most of them are in really good condition. So, including this house which people live in it, which we'll get to as well. Um so the house is got these Mayan themes, dark blockwork. It's got this cave-like front entrance where you go up this like tomb-like staircase. Um it follows it's just very rectangular. You don't know where the house like a lot of houses there's a center, right? There's a dining room, living room and everyone in the there's a heart, are, the heart. Yeah. Bedrooms are like on the side of it. This, it's got these line of bedrooms. There's kind of a kitchen in the front. There's something in the back. So every part of the house feels like it's not the center and it is the center. Very disorienting too. So people hated at the time in the mid twenties, the Mayan revival residences. They said that concrete was cheap. It was ugly. um, That like, it was generally like lame and like kind of performative. Um, But now they're some of the most famous places in the area and are Thought that if they aren't preserved well, that they erode really poorly. So uh, it's one of the most important works um, of Lloyd Wright for sure. When he died in 1978, the Los Angeles Times wrote that the house should be hailed as the apogee of his residential work. Um, it again looks like uh, it's being sum- eaten and submerged by a shark. It has a cult. Like culty, brooding appearance to it. The L.A. Times has additionally described it as quasi Mayan-style mansion and otherworldly apparition that looms over Franklin Avenue in Los Feliz and challenges the street. I mean, that's like the my bad. apartment doesn't do that. No. My shitty <laughs> one-bedroom well, got hardwood floors. Yeah, but they're painted over in this like strange. We don't have to. You don't. You guys don't care about my floors, yeah. do you? <laughs> Do you? Yeah.
0: Do you? No, seriously, do Do you? you?
1: Answer me. They're not answering
0: me. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a
1: hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging.
0: Like me switching to decaf. Got to do it, don't want to do it, but got to do it.
1: Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyperconverged infrastructure with Dell Technologies solutions that offer speed and agility.
0: Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash Dell Tech.
1: So he wanted a house that he could entertain his friends in the Hollywood film community. Again, he was a well-regarded artist but he only lived there for a few years, mostly. And this is what people say, because he didn't like all of the architectural criticism of it at the time. Like, he felt like it wasn't cool if he lived there. So in 1930, it was sold to Ruth Rand Barnett, and it's had 10 owners in all. But the most notable owner, and this is how we get to the Black Dahlia, is <clears throat> from 1945 to 1950, it was owned by Dr. George Hodell, a Los Angeles physician who is the prime suspect in the Black Dahlia murder. Again, he has not been charged. He's, he's long dead. Still unsolved. The oldest uh, cold case in California. Um, but we think most likely that it's this this doctor that killed her in this house. So here's a little bit about the Black Dahlia. Would you, is,
0: is that a pop, popular... Because you, you know better than me. Is, yeah. is this like the, the number one working theory?
1: Yes. And for a while, they thought it was police. They thought it was someone that she had worked with on some film or something like that the The problem really with this case is that we don't know a lot about her so we don't know what she was into people have theorized about her life a lot in a lot of really inaccurate ways too in kind of sensationalized ways there are only like five photos of her ever and every other photo of that is essentially of her body that's been dismembered I mean, in a compare park.
0: that to, like, you know, if, if like if you uh, were to look at any case now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you, and you go on someone's Instagram, and there's 5,000 photos. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So we it's, have so much content now, yeah. it's
1: so hard to believe that in the 20s that wouldn't be the thing. But, yeah. I mean, in because I was so... When I first moved out to L.A., first of all, I hated L.A. Crazy how far uh, we've come. Yeah. But I was pretty obsessed with this murder, and I would try to look up like pictures of, there's different places where I haven't looked yet and there's there's not many. There's one of her on a beach with a friend when she was a teenager. There's this kind of headshot one which is probably the most popular one where her hair is really curled and she's got this like cute smile. Um, there are a picture of her with like a dude in downtown LA and there's one other one of just like her. Do you think,
0: and this is, I mean I guess for anyone listening and you, do you think the fact that it was, uh, you know, called the Black Dahlia murder mm-hmm. helps you know, kind of make it since sens- sensationalizes kind of the thing. Cause it, when you give something a name, I feel like sometimes it's kind of like, yeah, Dahlia. it's very catchy. You know, If it was just like, uh, you know, uh, the murder of uh, Beth. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? That's like, short. Cool. Yeah. Like a 20 year old, you know, yeah. like, yeah, you yeah, definitely. And, and this was, I mean, I think it would have been sensationalized anyway. This name, her name was based on the blue Dahlia, which is a Lucille ball movie that came out around that time. So they were like blue Dahlia and she, and Lucille ball was very glamorous in this movie. I've actually never seen it, but she kind of has a resemblance to her in a weird way, at least like the way she styles herself. So, and her hair was really dark, which they're not sure if that's her natural hair hair color, if she like did a bunch of, there's also a lot of theories about her doing a lot of surgeries and stuff for things. I don't think that's the case, but she has this like very dark raven hair. that's like kind of tightly curled. And so they're like, great. The black Dahlia. Um, as opposed
0: to being blonde and making it like the blonde it's a, dahlia, it's it's a lot lighter. When the strawberry it, the black dye. blonde dahlia, yeah. Who cares? The, yeah. The yeah. Uh, what is that? What is? Uh, what do you what do you call when the hair is? Uh I oh, want people to do that. Their hair. I'm trying Crib- to think of the word. Coloring? No, it's the, it's a coloring. It's a. Ombre. Ombre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ombre, <laughs> the, the uh, beachy waved ombre Dahlia. Yeah. Who
1: yeah. cares? Yeah. Get out of here. I
0: think that, I don't know. It's like black darkness. is yeah. makes it more like. This sinister. Is immediately sinister. Yeah. Absolutely. So all
1: of that contribute to that. But let me give you a little, uh, I'm sure, gosh, our listeners are probably pretty familiar with the black Dahlia, but I'm going to give us a little review for those who aren't. So her killer was never found. Her Murder is one of the oldest cold case files in LA. Definitely the most famous. I think I said California before. It's LA. Uh, So she was born Elizabeth Short in Boston, Massachusetts, on July 29th, 1924. She loved cinema. By her teens, she had set her sights on becoming a famous Hollywood actress. In the mid 1940s, she was living in Los Angeles, California, working as a like maybe a waitress. People have said that she was a prostitute. People said that she didn't have a job. She was like sleeping on couches and going on dates to get meals from dudes. We have that in common, yeah. you know? Yeah. We do. Um, no, no, me. me and the Black Dahlia. Oh, okay. I How do you know? How do you know? I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know I'm you. hungry. I don't know you at all. I'm always hungry. <laughs> um, so she was dreaming of catching a big break, hence the, the reason why the story is so like, iconic. <clears throat> in January 1947, when she was 22, she was brutally murdered. Her body was cut into pieces, severely mutilated. She had a lot of like, um, you've probably seen this picture, because the police photos are out there, too. And when I'm talking about her photos that I've found of her alive, I don't mean those. It's like her mouth is like Joker esque. People have cut a smile into it. Um, her abdomen is cut into two and her legs, which are not a, which are cut off entirely, so she was slashed up real bad. Um, her body was found nude and posed by, um, I believe it was a woman and her infant who was who were taking a walk in in this park, which is also like pretty messed up. Um, Right uh, in Lamerick Park, outside of USC, essentially. So this became like just a media frenzy. And oh, sorry, they identified her via her fingerprints, which she was linked to a previous arrest for underage drinking because she was only twenty-two. She was a little baby. Um, the coroner determined that she died of hemorrhage and shock from concussion and facial lacerations. After speaking with Short's friends and acquaintances, the LAPD realized that she'd vanished six days before her murder and kind of led investigators to think that she had ki- was kidnapped or had tried to go somewhere and, and was stopped. Um, so the media caught wind of it. The moniker Black Dahlia, so heavily used. Um, and then the case kind of took on a life of its own. Um One of the LAPD officers said that early on, I think, for two months, it was front page news in all the local papers every day. So that gives you an an idea. So an in-depth, lengthy investigation by the LAPD ensued, leading a number of false reports, lots of false murder confessions, obviously with such a high-profile case, and people just couldn't find anything. The sole witness of the murder, uh, sole witness of the, the body had reported seeing a black sedan parked in the area in the early morning hours. But couldn't give any more information aside from that. Um, so the combination of witnesses, not a lot of hard evidence surrounding the case, hindered its progress. And then because there's a lot of different false, alle- you know, like allegations and things, it kind of went dead. Um, but in 2013, an article in the San Bernardino Sun detailed a more recent investigation of the case by retired police sergeant Paul Dosti, homicide detective, and author Steve Hodell and a police dog named Buster who has a keen sense of smell which gave the case new life. So, uh, the dog was kind of trained to hunt down, like, find like weird places, especially de- decomposing flesh um, in specific places around murder sites. Um, so, the investigative, the investigative team had uncovered incriminating evidence against Hodel's father, Dr. George Hill Hodel, who the younger Hodel had long believed to be the Black Dahlia killer. So, revival 2013 it all happened um but let's backtrack a little bit to 2001 where it was purchased by zorn balbus uh for 1.2 million dollars um so again we're getting back to the house itself away from black dahlia um but not too far away not too far away we're still we're gonna go back to 2013 talk about that dog who is smelling flesh so when balbus bought uh the house, he said it was a wreck. He spent $1.6 million on restoration. He was really vocal about this, too. He was like, This house is shit. I'm spending all this money just saying, um, you, LA hates its history and doesn't like preserving it. Um, and then the way he renovated it, uh, like all of the preservationists were like, All the preservationists were like, You didn't do this right, whatever. But if you go to the house like I did, it's still really beautiful. Anyway, Steve Hodell, son of Dr. Hill Hodell wrote a book in 2003 called The Black Dahlia Avenger, which stated that the short was actually tortured, murdered, and dis- dissected by his father in the basement of the Soden House in January 1947. So he's like been saying this for a long time. But once that article happened um, and they got the dog on the side of the house, that kind of, again, made media a little more interested in the case that had been long cold. Uh, so Hodel claims that his father may have committed further murders in the house and buried victims in the basement or yard before fleeing the country in 1950. And he died in the eighties, I believe. So he's not around to state his case or anything like that. So in February, 2013, the team conducted an extensive search of the doctor's home where Buster flesh smelling dog had previously detected the scent of human decomposition in several areas of the basement. According to reports. Soil samples were taken from Dr. Hodel's home and were submitted for lab testing. Um, Other evidence against George Hodel, according to his son, includes an old recording of a conversation between the doctor and an unknown person, during which Dr. Hodel allegedly stated, supposing, with an apostrophe, no G, that I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary because she's dead. Oh, pretty damning evidence, I would say. So the dogs were on the house, they brought these soil samples, but they've never excavated anything around this house, which is also this double-edged sword of being this historical, like really important architectural home is like they can't dig up too much. So what do you do if you think you have human remains um, in a place that's historically preserved? Apparently the answer is you just don't dig those up. (laughs) You just let sleeping dogs lay. Um, the house has sold several times since, and on September 10th, 2016, it was listed for sale, um, at almost $5 million and sold to Dan Goldfarb and his wife, Jenny, and their Persian cats that they were obsessed with, um, and used as a part-time home, part-time like social performance venue. Um, apparently they do, uh, well, Goldfarb had never been to LA and made a fortune with natural hemp pet products called Canapet. Oh. Right, and yeah. they do a lot of hemp products there. Legalize it, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For yeah, cats,
1: exactly, exactly. So now it's owned by that guy. That's how I got involved with it, doing my first and last catering gig, um, at this house. Wow. So that's so the
0: black dial that might be like where it went down.
1: Yeah, that's like the best theory we have.
0: Yeah. And, you know, between the Biltmore, that house, and USC, it's not Mm -hmm. that far, but it's not across the street.
1: No. I mean, I am, where we are recording this right now is about a mile and a half from downtown. It's about two miles from USC and about three miles from La Park. So we're close. We're in it. We're in it. We're in the backyard. we
0: We do these episodes. We're doing it in a very, like, kind of a historic kind of, I don't know. Way yeah, like and we're in like we're in it. We're up in it.
1: We are up in it. We're not like in Beverly do...
0: Hills in a no. mansion. No, baby. No.
1: Although there's some murders there. Yeah, so we'll I don't get, know. we got yeah. we got murders everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we can't hide from it.
0: No, but we are it.
1: it. We live it. I, I
0: feel like this area is definitely an area where it's a lot of stuff has gone down over the years. Not just oh, you know over absolutely. the
1: years. Yeah, Um, yeah. Where I live, we talked about this before. It's um, it's Angelino Heights. It's one of the oldest parts of LA. We've got the thriller home here. Fast and the Furious, Chinatown, Charmed, the TV series, not the reboot. Ghost Town um, Podcast. Ghost Town Podcast. The home. <laughs> no, exactly. All the hits.
0: Yeah, so... so. uh and our live show is going to be pretty close uh, at the, Dynasty Typewriter is close yeah. to MacArthur Park, which is, has its own. Absolutely. That's an episode I've been kind of like, kind of flirting mulling around. Yeah. what What's the that? angle though? You know what I mean? I want to know what the. Yeah. we got to find the
1: place. Actually, we should maybe do one on the Hayworth Theater. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. In, in,
0: yeah. Since we're doing the show at the Hayworth. Right. Dynasty Typewriter. That seems. April 25th.
1: That's right. 10 p.m. Find tickets at DynastyTypewriter.com. Yeah.
0: We will definitely see every single one of you there. Right?
1: I know what you look like.